0: Never in the Bible has that happened. Never you'll hear a testimony of someone who said, Well, God came and kind of possessed me and basically made me do all this. Because that's not how God works. That's not where He's there. He's there. He's given us authority and He wants us to come and surrender our authority to Him and, let, and to lead us, but never to abuse us. And never to do. And you can see the way He deals with people in the Gospels. The tenderness, the kindness, the loving way that He deals is. That's the way, and you can see the way he uses his authority and power. Okay, so let's look at Jesus then. You see, what does Paul say in Ephesians? That, all, um, that Jesus reigns far above anything else. And I kind of wanted to um, look at a way of how to, do, sort of some of the things that Jesus authority over, just to kind of help build us the picture of the completeness of his authority. And I kind of want to use a hierarchical, hierarchical? No, hierarchical uh, diagram. I'm sure those of you who only worked in any organisations will know these things. But you see, Jesus is not just, just above everything else, he is far above everything else. And Jesus says in Matthew 28, all authority has been given to me. And I think um, when you read the Gospels, you see that where, what was the, um, people always make lots of comments about Jesus in the Gospels. And one of the things, the constant comment that people make about Jesus, not only that he was different, but when he came, he came with authority. And people said, who is this person, Jesus? He comes in authority, he speaks in authority, he brings authority to situations. And they could see that he was different, there was something different about him to everybody else that was around. And so we're going to look at some of the things that Jesus has authority over. See, he has authority over over nature not only has he made it he has authority over nature he can control nature all the storms that were, all the rain that we've been having this winter it's all under Jesus' control it's all under it's all happening because Jesus allows it and wills it to happen and I'm sure here most of us know the story of Jesus calming the storm it's quite a famous story in the Gospel of where all the disciples were in the boat uh, out at sea this, um, and the, the wind and the wave are whipping up and they, these, these fishermen are really scared. The storm is so violent and what's Jesus doing? He's sleeping. But what does he say when they wake him up? He gives the command for the, wind, for the storm to stop. And you see, when you think about that, he doesn't just say, wind, can you calm down? And seas, can you calm down? He says, Calm. He says, stop. And what happens? But, exactly, Sam. But if you think about it, it doesn't just, the wind doesn't just stop. Because, of course, if you've been out in a storm somewhere, and the wind stops, the waves still take ages to settle down. But at Jesus' command, the wind stops and the, and the waters calm straight away. So it would have been like literally thrown around, suddenly just complete calm, complete peace. Because Jesus has authority over all of nature mm-hmm. and the world. Amen, Sam. We're going to look at this. He has authority and power over living creatures. They all belong to him. Of course, uh, and a story I want to help illustrate this. We all know the story of Jesus riding on the donkey, uh, the thing we celebrate at Palm Sunday. And it's kind of quite a a good uh, Sunday school story. And I'm sure we've all kind of been taught it, that you've got donkey, old faithful Norman the donkey, and he, he is, and God has picked him and honoured him to kind of carry Jesus. And he, so we kind of, you kind of get the idea of that Sunday school story about that, that donkey um, that's kind of had a hard life and Jesus has come and blessed him. But that's not actually what happens in the story. See, Jesus tells his disciples, go and get a donkey. And what does it say about the donkey? That it's unbroken. Now, I don't know much about horses, but Alice does. And so when you talk about horses and donkeys and you use the word term broken, you have to break in a horse, what that means is, is that you have to get a horse used to having a human rider on it. And so you have a horse, and can, if you're interested in this, ask Anna. she'll tell you all about it. But with a horse, you have to take time with it, kind of getting it, um, getting it used to being around humans, and having a human rider on it, and so that it doesn't basically buck and kind of throw somebody off. Um, but what do we find in the story? You get this donkey that's never had anybody ridden on it, and yet, what do we do? We find Jesus riding on it, and the donkey's happily walking exactly where Jesus wants him to go. And not only that, he's going through the crowds. And, and so you think you've got thousands of people cheering for Jesus, throwing all these things at him, these palm trees. And what do you find the donkey does? Just walk calmly through it. And I'm sure we've been to sporting events or big events, we've got those big police horses. And that kind of thing. But with a horse, right, you have to train it to be okay with lots of people, lots of crowds. Because otherwise they get very skittish and they get scared and they'll kind of throw somebody off. But you see, Jesus had authority over that donkey that would never been ridden. And yet here you find him going through crowds of people having things thrown at it. And the donkey, you don't read about Jesus getting thrown off or the donkey kind of running off, getting all scared. But it's under Jesus' authority. See, Jesus has authority over sickness. I mean, Lauren, how many times in the Bible does Jesus heal? 37. 37 recorded attempts. But I think there's lots more, because I think there's there's a few verses that says that wherever Jesus went, people just brought the sick people to him. He just healed them all. And there's loads of... uh, I'm sure there's hundreds of other times that Jesus healed people that we don't record. Sorry? So Jesus has authority over sickness and there are there are multiple times so one of my uh, and you you realize that Jesus uses his authority over sickness to help demonstrate and show people who he really is I mean you know I'm sure you know the story of the man getting lowered in by the the man who couldn't walk and his friends bring him to where Jesus is at his house and they they can't get in so they break in the roof they they break open the roof and they lower him down what does Jesus say to him your sins are forgiven And everyone's like, what? What's going on? You can't do that. Who are you to say that? And he says, look, I want to show you that I'm I'm the son of God. I am who I say I am. Look, what's easier to be get healed, to say you're healed or to say your sins are forgiven. Look, show I'm Lord of both. Get up and walk. And the guy goes off and walks. Jesus has all authority and power over all sicknesses. And that when Jesus says be healed in his name, somebody is healed. There's no one instance of Jesus not being able to ever heal anybody. He also has authority and power over death. When Jesus says to death, get lost, you realise that death has to go. Um, The story of Lazarus. Lazarus had been dead, he'd been in the tomb for three days. What does Jesus say to him? Lazarus, rise up, come out. And you see, what does death do? Death can't hold on to Lazarus. Death has to let go of Lazarus. And Lazarus rises up and comes out of the tomb. Because Jesus is the Lord of death, He is authority over death, and that death can't even stop Jesus. You see, Jesus is the Lord of all things physical, all the things physical in this world. Jesus has authority and power over it. But it's not just the physical things, as He says, on, her, on in heaven and on earth. And you see, Lord Jesus is Lord of all the demons. Satan has, comes under Jesus' authority. And there's nothing that Satan or the enemy or his demons can do unless Jesus allows it, unless Jesus says that he can do that. Just read the story of Job and you see what all the limits that the devil has. And of course, when Jesus was here and all the people brought him who were uh, possessed, every single demon that came to Jesus just said, and when Jesus said go, they had to go not one demon tried to fight Jesus and say hang on a sec this is um this is my body uh, you can't get, get lost Jesus when Jesus came and gave the word they all went every single one because Jesus has authority over demons and he has authority over angels you see in the garden of Gethsemane they were there ministering to Jesus and they're his and they do his will he has authority over the law not only did he write it he's the lord of it And he is over it, and he was able to fulfill it all. He is the um, authority over the law, and he's authority over sin. There's no sin, it says, in Romans chapter 8, that can separate us from God, because Jesus has authority over it, he has power, It has nothing, Jesus has complete control over it. And you see, um, one of the things that Jesus can do, he can use the sin of man, and the works of the, the enemy for his purposes... Um, we sung it this morning. Even um, that the enemy means it for evil, you mean it for our good. And Jesus can work people's sin to do His purposes. You see the story of, of uh, Judas, uh, how as a man who's, who was greedy and selfish and wanted what he can get, Jesus used his sin to work out His plan of going to the cross and dying for us. See, Jesus has authority and power over sin. And as Paul writes in Ephesians. He is the authority over all um, leaders, all governments, all officials, all councils, all the things that go on this world. Jesus is Lord of it. And we just had a general election in December, and you might agree or disagree or love or hate the result, but know this, Boris Johnson and the Conservatives are only in power because Jesus has allowed it, and Jesus says that. And you might hate or love Brexit, but it's only happening because Jesus has allowed it. It's the way he works. He's in charge of governments and councils. I tell you, know, Andrew, you've got a planning application going in. Jesus already decided what he's going to do. His will. Bromley Council don't have any rule over that. It's Jesus' rule that is over that. You see, he is in charge of the companies that we work for and the schools our children go to. Joe, your CEO or your manager director is not the in charge of your company. It's Jesus. It's who he is in the schools that our kids go to. Jesus is in control of it. You see, for some of us, on Monday morning, Chris, we're going to get an important email, aren't we? We're going to get an email from Bromley Council, and it's going to say to us which secondary school some of our children are going to go to in September. And it's a little bit scary at times, but do you know what? Jesus Lord of that. Jesus already all decided which school our children are going to. And do you know, my entire career can be linked back to me failing my grammar test when I was 10 or 11 years old. And end up not going to Chisholm City Grammar School like Tim did, but instead going to the Priory School. And my whole career can be linked, can be all from all, um, can, can, can be traced back to that moment where Jesus decided that I shouldn't go to Chisholm and said I should go to the Priory. And so he enabled me to fail my test and to go to the Priory, even though um, it was a different school. Not Tim, too, so, but that Tim went to. Jesus is Lord over all these things. And he's Lord of the church and he has all authority over his church and over the river church and the things that we can go to. And sometimes people in church can think it's their church. It's not. It's Jesus's. It's his church and he's going to work out his will and his purposes using his people in his church. And you see finally Jesus is Lord of our lives and over our families. And sometimes we just have to trust, and we don't know what's going on, and why Jesus takes our family through different things, and why things different, uh, why di- certain things happen in our families, good and bad. But Jesus is Lord over all of it. He is the supreme authority and power over all things. Amen? amen, amen. This is who Jesus is. This is our God. This is who He is. This is who Jesus is. So then, what about what authority and power has Jesus? given to us as his people as his followers as his church he has given us the gift of life what authority and power has he given us well first thing i want to say is that we are not jesus we are not jesus we have not been given all authority in heaven and earth and that we don't have This power like Jesus to kind of command the winds and the waves and to tell them and to do this and do that, like Jesus did. We're not Jesus. But we are his people. Um, What does it say in Matthew chapter 28? I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching these new d- disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Therefore, go. Jesus is saying this that I have got authority and power, that you go and in my name, and you do what I want you to do, and my authority and power will go with you, and I will be with you. You see, this is what I want this is what I want to say this morning. That if God has given you something to do, if he has asked you something to do, if he has called you something to do, so if he's called you to do something, then Jesus has given you his authority and power to do that. Amen. Amen. Now if you've got something and you know Jesus called you, deal on Marlene, that home group that you've got. Right, Jesus has given you that home group. He's given you authority and power to lead that home group. You see this is when we get the word from God we can stand in that and know that if Jesus called us and given us something to do then we don't have to come and say Lord will you give me the authority and power to do that because he's already given it if he's asked us then we can go in his name and we have that license from heaven to do what he has called us and asked us to do. I'm sure you all know who James Bond is. And what does James Bond have? Okay, we know he's a fictional character. But what does James Bond have that I hope nobody here has? A licence to, to kill. And who has given him that licence to kill? Jesus. No. <laughs> <laughs> See, James Bond has been given his licence to kill by His Majesty's Secret Service, by the Queen and by the government. And he has got his licence to kill that in the line of his work he may go out and kill bad guys, okay, this is what he's doing, so when he's, obviously James Bond's job is to protect this country and its interests, and in line of that work, he's allowed to kill people. He's been given the authority from the government and the Queen to do it. And if he kills someone in line of his work, he won't get done for murder. He won't get arrested for it because he's been given authority to do it. He's been given the power because he's been given the gun. He's been given the training and he's been given the mission to go and do it. You see, G- uh, see, James Bond has got that license to kill. And that doesn't mean he can just go out and just kill whoever he wants. And if somebody annoys him and he gets fed up with his neighbor, he can just go and kill it, shoot him. He's only allowed to kill in the line of his work, because that's what his license has been given. And you see, for us, if we've been given a responsibility by Jesus, then we've been given the license from heaven to move in his authority and power. And you see, if, we, if you are a parent this morning, then Jesus has given you authority and power to be a parent. And we need it, amen. And said, so if you're a home group leader, if you're a worship leader, if you're a church leader, if you're a mission leader, if you're um, in your workplace, you've been given the authority and power to be Jesus in that workplace and to do those things. If you uh, are in charge, if you're uh, um, on the kids team, then and, um, and you've been given authority and power to go and to minister to our kids and to teach them in Sunday school. And you've been given the authority to tell them off when they're naughty. As you've been doing it, if you're on the tea rota this morning or you're doing the teas, you've been given the authority and power to go and make us an lovely cup of tea and to bless us through doing that, for doing that. And you've been given the power to talk to people and you've been given the authority to limit the kids to two biscuits because, of course, the adults um, love biscuits too. You've been given that responsibility. And you see, what I love about this is it's not about us. It's about Jesus Amen? It's about Jesus. And it's not about us and what we can do and our strengths and our weaknesses. I think so often we look at ourselves and say, I can't do that because that's not me. But if Jesus asks you to do it, then he's given you his power to do it. And as um, David writes in Psalm 18, it says, In your strength I can cross an army, and with my God I can scale any wall. Amen. If God has asked you to do something, then you have got the power to do it. You have got that license from Him, from, uh, from heaven. And you see, it's all about Jesus. And it's through Jesus we can do these things. And then we tell, we really need Jesus. And if we try and work in our own power and our own strength and our own authority, we sometimes find we yes, where we really struggle. I know me and Alice has been given authority and power to parent our children. And I tell, I love being a parent. Oh, it's also the most hardest thing, I'm sure. Anyone here as a parent will know can testify that being a parent is such hard work. And At the moment, we are um, having a bit of difficulty with our 10-year-old, Arthur. And he has got to this age, and he's going to start secondary school in September. And he's starting to transition from being a child to kind of being a teenager. And he's starting to have his own opinions and to be quite vocal about them. And to want to, to do what he wants to do and to exert his authority over the family. As you see, if Arthur got to decide what we do all the time, do you know what we would do? We'd get up in the morning, we'd have breakfast, we'd go to the park, we'd play football for about nine hours, and then we'd come home, have dinner, go to bed, and do it all again the next day. And see, it is good. And it's part of mine and Alice's roles and a responsibility is to, to train Arthur and to teach him and to help him to go. And it's good that he wants and he's developing his own opinions. And that's good. And Because he needs to be. Because one day he's going to be an adult and he's going to have to go out in this world. And he, one day uh, he'll hopefully he'll have his own family. But at the moment, he doesn't have authority in my family. Me and Alice do. And if we allow him to rule his authority, then we are not doing our jobs. And that we'll find that our family won't work the way God wants it to work. And so we need, but I tell you, it's so hard. I'm looking at Alice. We just know how hard it is. I'm sure you've all got kids and you've all got hundreds of stories about how difficult your kids are. But you know what? Praise God. Not only has given the authority, he's given us the power to do it in Jesus. Amen. And I tell you, we can, you can look at whatever situation you're in or the things that, that God has asked you to do. And you can look at yourself and look how you might be struggling in this. But we need to come. And this is why I want us to come and ask for boldness and to respond. Because you see, we don't need to ask for more authority and power because Jesus has already given it. We need to come and ask for confidence and boldness to step up into what Jesus is doing. And I know I need it. I need Jesus. Even just coming to preach. I I know one of the things I need to do is step up in boldness and to come and to minister in authority and power. Not in my authority and power, but in Jesus's. Amen. Amen. Because so I know I'm not Billy Graham. I'm not a Craig Rochelle, or insert your favourite preacher's name. That's not what I am. I'm not even a Tim Cross. But I'm Mark Cross. And for, but I'm Mark Cross. And Jesus has done it in me. And I'm only here this morning coming to speak because of Jesus. And I've got to step out in boldness in what he has given me this morning. Amen. He, he is. So of course... Well, how do we access his power? How do we access his um, authority? And you see, I'd love to tell you some really deep spiritual way to do this. To come and say, this is what you need to do. You need to come and fast and pray and kind of um, about to read Hebrew and Greek as your sort of secondary language. This is how you, if you do that, then you'll have full access to his authority and power. Or I'd love to tell you some formula. If you go and pray and you say this phrase in Jesus' name, then that's how you do it. But when I read the scriptures, when I look to Jesus, it's just, it's just simple. Jesus has done it so simply. It's just all about being in him, abiding with him, walking with him, loving him, just spending time with him. That's all it is. It's so, sometimes we, we think this about, oh Lord, how do, I, how do I step out in this? It's all just about being in Jesus, and just walking with him, in him daily, and not being afraid, until if we're doing that, it's not about, sort of we have to keep second guessing ourselves and saying, Lord, what shall I do in this situation, sometimes it's just going out and just doing it, because if we're in Jesus, and Jesus is in us, and he's given us authority and power, we can just go and do it, and not worried about making mistakes, in general, we will make mistakes, we'll be in situations, and we'll say the wrong thing, and we'll do the wrong thing. And we'll mess up and make mistakes, but praise God, what is Jesus Lord over and authority over? Our mistakes. And he's able to use our mistakes for his purposes and his will. And if we just have that heart that says, J- I, just, I want Jesus and I want to do the right thing, I want to use his authority and power in just in a godly way, then Jesus will work for it. We don't have to worry about that. You see, but it's about being in Jesus. That's where the power comes from. Did anybody watch the world heavyweight boxing title fight last weekend? Yes. Pat did. Dion did. So I was tempted to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and watch it, but I decided to come to church and drive from Devon to come to church instead and watch it on YouTube uh, the next day. But you know what? It was um, the, 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 um, was, uh, the British boxer Tyson Fury versus the reigning champion Deontay Wilder, the American. And you know about Deontay Wilder, he had this, he's got this reputation of having the most fearsome and powerful punch in the whole of boxing, and that most of his victories, pretty much all of his victories are won because he's punched and knocked that person down and won by knockouts. And, and leading up to the fight, it was all about how is Fury going to negate the power of, Deont- of Deontay Wilder. And for those of you, and I'm sorry if this is a spoiler alert for anybody, but I think it's been a week, you'll know that Fury won the fight. And do you know how he won the fight? Because he did this. He, he was aggressive, and he got Deontay Wilder. He fought, and he boxed on the front foot. Okay, so that means he was coming at him, coming at him. Uh, because it meant that Deontay Wilder had to go on the back foot. Because you see, where does a boxer's power come from? It doesn't just come from the muscles or from the arm. It comes from their base, I think. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but... You do. You have to it's all about your feet being having a good solid base and your hips. And you see when you punch somebody it's about being that, and then coming through like that. Yes. It's the whole body coming through. Cuz if you just punch him with your of your arm, you don't have that much power. And so by Fury getting Wilder on the back foot, it meant Fury as in Wilder couldn't you couldn't get on the front foot and use his power. And Tyson Fury outboxed him and knocked him out. And you see it's for us as Christians, about being in Jesus and spending time with him, that gives us our base. That's where our power comes from. It's about being in Jesus. And I know it just sounds so simple, but that's what it is. And if we're wondering why we've got no power, we've well, got to say, well, where's our base at? And if we're spending no time with Jesus, then of course, our power, our punches are going to be ineffective. And I think sometimes when we feel weak, and when we feel uh, uncertain about things, and when we feel um, overstretched or just we just feel like we can't cope and overwhelmed by everything, sometimes I think we just need to double down and just say, do you know what? All of this is so overwhelming, Jesus, but I'm going to come and I'm going to spend more time with you because I need you in this situation. I really need you. And so I know it's not about me praying and going, Lord, give me the answer, give me the answer. It's about just being with Jesus. And they're just going and just being in that situation and being Je- and just letting Jesus work out in that situation. Um, Pat, you'll love this. It's part of my um, reading around the subject, I read an article by a, a quite a big American televangelist, and they were talking about the hour of anointed power. And they were kind of writing this, and they said, "Well, they've got down. They prayed for an hour every day, and since they've been doing that, everything's been amazing. They've been working, and, and God's been moving through them massively." And I'm not this morning trying to say you need to get down and pray for an hour. But I am saying, I think, that if you're struggling or you're finding things that are difficult, it's to double down with Jesus. And maybe you need to spend 10 minutes instead of 5 minutes. Maybe you spend 20 minutes instead of 10 minutes. Maybe you just need to spend an extra, um or you're just going to spend half an hour with Jesus. Because I guarantee if you do that, you'll find that your foundations are right and your base is right. And you're able to start moving in the authority and power of Jesus. But of course, in all of this, you'll think, well, hang on a set. if we want to move in an authority and power, then surely we're going to be going around like Jesus, going to heal everybody, doing everything. And I'm sure we've all had this thought, it wouldn't it be nice to just kind of go around the hospital and saying, you're healed, you're healed. Um, uh, and I'm obviously, I know a lot of us have visited Andrew and Joyce this week who are in hospital. And, you, and sometimes you just think it'd be so good to go out there and just use Jesus' power just to just go and clear the hospital, just heal everybody. But it comes back to, if you look at Jesus, what did Jesus do about his authority and power? Where did he get it from? It's from the Father. What did he do? What did he say about himself? I just go and do what the Father tells me to do. I just do what the Father's asked me to do. And that's what we are called to do. We're not called to kind of go around. um, Because I tell you what, if you just try to go to the hospital and try to say, in Jesus' name, you're healed, you're healed. Unless Jesus has asked you, You'll just be, you'll just look like an idiot going around saying all this. Because, but if, if Jesus has asked you to go to hospital and heal everybody, then you need to go. Because if Jesus has told you to do it, then you'll go and do it. And you'll see and you'll clear out a hospital. But it's all about, you see, it's just about listening to Jesus. It's about what Jesus wants and his will and his glory being worked out. Because that's how Jesus, said it's all just about, all I'm here to do is to glorify the father. And what does the father say? I'm just here to glorify the son. And we're here just to glorify Jesus and glorify God. And so with the things that he has given us to do are all about glorifying him, not about showing off some great power or being some sort of like Jedi that they able to do all these crazy things. It's about being in Jesus. So I want to finish with the story from Acts chapter 4. Now for those of you who don't know the story, it's after Jesus had gone back to heaven and Pentecost had happened and the disciples, Peter and John, they went to the temple and they met this lame man on the way. And he asked them for money. And they said, We haven't got any money, but what we do have, we've got Jesus. And they would Jesus get up and walk. And off he walked. And what we find next in, that, in, Acts, uh, in Acts is that they get called before all the religious leaders and the government at the time and said, well, Hang on a sec, what's going on? They couldn't understand what was going on. They questioned and questioned them. And it ended up, they just told Peter and John, You need to stop talking about this Jesus you just shut up about it and what do we find the disciples do they go back and they tell the other followers of Jesus and they say what's happened and this is their prayer in Acts chapter 4 and when they would heard the report all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God O sovereign Lord creator of heaven and earth and the sea and everything in in them you see they looked to Jesus and said Lord you are Lord of all this is the God that we come to, Jesus, that you're the Lord of all things. And then they kind of go through their prayer, and you can kind of read in Acts chapter 41, because they're talking about what happened to Jesus and his crucifixion. And And they said this, but everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And they knew that Jesus was in control and in charge of things. And what was their response? And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness, in preaching the word, in doing what you have called us to do. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus Christ. That was their prayer. Say, Lord, will you come and give us boldness to do what you have called us to do? Lord, will you come and give us confidence to stand in your name and to, do the, to move in the power that you have given us? And amen. We're going to come and we're going to respond now. And we are got to come and ask Jesus for boldness, and ask Him to give us the confidence to do what He has asked us to do. Because I know for all of us here, Jesus asked you to do something. He's given you something. He's bespowed upon you. Um, so bespowed upon you a responsibility to work out His plans. You see, Jesus is on His mission. He's on His plans that's coming to the end times to work out and to glorify His name. And do you know what? He's decided to use you and me for that he's decided to use you and me and he's not expecting us to go out and to do our own thing or to go out in our own power but to go out in his name in his authority in his power so amen let's respond let's stand up let's stand up and let's let's ask Jesus for boldness so I can't pray this morning to give you more authority or to give you power in that situation because Jesus has already done it amen amen, amen. amen. wherever you are Jesus has already done it we need to just step up and step out into it into the boldness that comes from Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to pray.